0: If you are the founder of a company, of course you're going to be in the big picture. You want to win for yourself, for the business. It's not so much competing with other people when you are working to fuel your optimal performance on a daily basis, to grow, to evolve. You're actually almost competing with yourself to be a better version of yourself every day.
1: Welcome to the Unstoppable Woman Podcast, where we explore what it means to create a truly exquisite life. I'm your host, Amira Alvarez, inviting you to be part of these intimate conversations about feminine ambition, what lies beyond traditional notions of success, and how to answer the question, what's next when you've already achieved so much? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman Podcast. I am super excited to bring to you today an amazing guest. I'm super excited to be talking to her. Her name is Shauna Griffiths. She is a marketing specialist. She's built her own business, SLG Impact, and she is a division one collegiate athlete. That's from her past, not anymore. And we were just laughing about that. And she's like, yeah, I have the scars to to prove it too. I mentioned that not only because I want to hear what the scars are, like what, what was that like? But, you know, we connect on this, this level of growth, like, like everything needs in your business needs to be going for growth in your life. If you're 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 really leading your life, you're creating an exquisite life for yourself, you're always in growth. And so I know that her history in athletics, there's a little little bit of competition there. And I want to hear how that plays into how she approaches growth as a female entrepreneur in running her own business now. So, Shauna, welcome to the show. So good to have you here. Thank you so much. It's truly really an honor to be here. I've
0: had it marked down on my notepad and, and I keep looking forward to it. So I'm
1: glad the day is finally here we're recording. This idea of being a collegiate one division 1 athlete, you had some competition in you. You you had the discipline, the drive, the structure. All of these are traditionally, you know, we all have the masculine essence and the feminine essence in us, but that is like those are qualities that tend to be this like discipline, persistence, going for it, drive. I got a lot of that too, even though I wasn't (laughs) a division one athlete by any means. How has that played into the building of your own business? Like you, you consult, you help other people, but, and we're going to be talking a lot about the marketing strategies that, that you have for people. But how does that, how has that played into you really growing your business? Has it been an asset? I imagine yes. But also, what's the shadow side of that? I actually talk
0: about it a lot in my podcast, in the things that I write about, is this idea of a business leadership athlete. And I think there's so much crossover between exactly what you said. It's that mindset, that coachability, wanting to perform at your optimal. And so it does exactly what you just said. It takes practice. It takes that commitment, that drive to show up every day. And I actually talk about this both from when I was an athlete and in business, it's like earning your right to be there every day, whether it's collecting your paycheck or, you know, or it's, but it's doing the things every day to make yourself and those around you better. And it very much does come from, for me, that athletic mindset that, and I always pause on that because I don't believe that you absolutely have had to have been an athlete or be an athlete to have that. It's literally just the, mindset. And so I've had numerous people that I've coached and led that in business that weren't collegiate athletes, but they had that commitment, that desire to, again, like chase their optimal performance on a daily basis. So that's really the crossover. And it's the way that I uh, work to show up every day for myself, for my uh, people I work with, colleagues, as well as the people that I um, have the, you
1: know, honor to work with. Yeah, I think that's so important what you just said because and you said it in two places. One was you're not only showing up for yourself like making those around you better, right? That's mm-hmm. that team mentality and and you just mentioned, you know, your team, your clients, all of that. Yeah. And that you're not just in it for yourself. And that's a big that's a big perspective, powerful perspective, I think, because you know, rising tide lifts up all boats mm-hmm. whether it's on your team Right. Or mm-hmm. it's, you know, what you're doing on your podcast, what I'm doing on my podcast, that, that like all women let's, let's, let's come together and do better. And we, we, I think we do better when, not when we're in a vacuum in a void by ourselves, but when we are in some form of community, you know, mm-hmm. we have a mastermind, but like some form of community where you're like, oh, look at what she's doing. Not from a jealousy perspective, not from a like cutthroat, but like from a, Oh, calling me up. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the, the, I, I could do that. I remember when I was really first growing my own business and I was going from like just making six figures, just over six figures. Like I was at like 138. I was like, Oh yes. Okay. Cross the six, six figure mark. But I had a seven figure brain. Like I really wanted to go to seven figures. And I saw examples of other women who had done it in my field. And I looked, I remember staring at there were these sort of like uh, placards kind of thing. And I was like, if, if they can do it, I can do it. There's like, like, I can't. And it was a calling up, even though I had never met these women, I felt like they were sending me a hand, a helping hand just by, by walking the path. So really awesome. So what do you think the role of discipline is in growing your own business?
0: The way you actually set yourself up for success. So discipline is everything from what are you going to commit to on a big scale for your goals for the year? And you may not know all of that, but at least it's the practice of saying, let me try to ladder up what I'm doing on a daily basis to the big picture. And does it make sense? Is it driving my revenue? Um, so I think that it so again, from the big picture, and it can be even to the little kind of like minute on a daily basis. What's your to-do list? And and I don't mean that. From a tactical standpoint, I mean it from a priority standpoint. And when are you using your natural energies at the right time at the right of of the day. And so, you know, again, it's like, that's why I, you know, again, I say like, how do you set yourself up for success? And so many times, if we're not thinking in the big picture, we're just saying, what's my to-do list and I'm going to check it off in the day. And then it piles on more and, you know, we're, we're exhausted by the end of the day. And if we actually take that extra five minutes, end of the day, first thing in the morning to prioritize we may say gosh i'm going to harness this morning energy i actually read recently that and i don't know if this is a blanket truth across all people but that the most productive time that of the day is those first few hours and so if you if you have other things in your life and you can't use that entire section then carve out five minutes to again just prioritize because Then you can catch yourself. If you start to go into a rabbit hole of checking things off list right away, it's like, well, wait a second. I have my list right here that said I need to tackle these things in the big picture. It just all depends on how do you want to feel at the end of the day and how do you set yourself up for
1: success to get there? 100% 100%. You're speaking my language cuz like <laughs> that the end of day process, you know, of clarifying and then the f- first thing in the morning like what am I doing? I have a morning routine and mm-hmm. it's evolved and changed over time. But I don't I don't have kids so I'm I can I can block the first few hours of the day. I'm a morning person, so that works. Same. I know some people are are more evening they 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 will get the most productive work done in the evenings, but know your energies, right? I, you yes. know, the the rhythm of the day is really important. If I block that time, it almost has become like from four or five thirty in the morning to noon. <laughs> if, that, Same. if I can have that chunk of time without anything scheduled, except maybe a workout, right? Then I'm I'm like getting the big deep work done now. I, just so everyone knows, not perfect. Last Friday, I went off the rails. I thought, "Oh, I just have a few of those little things to do, and then I'll have the rest of the day." Because I block off my Fridays, I have the rest of the day for the big stuff. Four thirty in the afternoon came around, and I was like cr- grumpy, cra- you know, just nappish. I was crabby. I was like, because I hadn't gotten anything done. I got all this little my my man calls it administrivia and i just love oh, that so that t- that phrasing i'm like ah okay so speaking my language there hey there i just want to take a quick moment and ask what's the thing holding you back from your own success the hidden shadow or saboteur potentially at play for you And do you know how to find it? We often have that one thing keeping us from our next level. And it's not always the strategic move. It's often the internal one. I found in my own journey of success and building my exquisite life, it's what I call a core wound or loyalty pack. What's that? I share more at TheUnstoppableWoman.com, right on the homepage. Find out more at TheUnstoppableWoman.com. Now, let's get back to our episode. Let's let's back up a little bit. I want to get to the marketing side of things, but I first want to contextualize it. And can you tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey? Like what stands out to you as pivotal in that journey that, that would be helpful for other people to know both the sort of the highs and the lows there? Because it's not all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. It is not. It actually,
0: it started from the
1: opposite of Rainbow unicorn. I was laid off
0: at the start of COVID. I had been working in sports and agency for my entire career, um, actually like on the team side, and then again at an agency, and I was senior in my career. And COVID hit, and the agency I worked for did a lot of, um, you know, again, active lifestyle sports live events. So that, of course, really took a hit. So I suddenly found myself for the first time I think since I was 10 years old, with no job that was bringing in income. And so, again, kind of going back to what we said earlier, we were talking through the athlete side of things, that mindset, I really go into a mindset of find a way to win. And that means that I am going to rely upon myself more than anything to find a way to, I have a friend who actually showed me this recently, this saying of like, keep making plays. And it's so important. It's like, because you're right. It's every day, you're going to take lumps of some sort. It is hard. It is, you know, entrepreneurialism isn't for everyone. Um, and there's a lot of us like me when I got laid off and I started SLG Impact and I was so blessed to be able to have some clients like the Detroit Pistons and Lego and and some others and do some meaningful work. And then it was hard to actually bring in revenue. And I had that Bit of insecurity and, oh, I need to go. One of my clients that I had at the time offered me a full time role. So I went back into corporate and a full time role. And then once again, when the tech downturn hit this year and there was, it was just catastrophic across the board for brands and agencies that were representing those brands, I once again found myself laid off. And it's really daunting to go from, especially as a senior person, to go from paycheck to no paycheck overnight. So again, I'm just like, okay, you know what? Like, how am I gonna find a way way to win every single day? And that's really, I guess, what's been my drive through it.
1: Oh. I freaking love this. Okay, I just need <laughs> to like, I'm like gonna dive in there. So, so good. One, find a way to win. I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna use that all the time now, okay? And, the, and keep making plays, both work, like, yeah. No, I want to. I want to pull two things out of that. Find a way to win, like you're 100% personally responsible for you, even though you're on a team, right? Exactly. Like you have. You, if if everyone on the team is finding a way to win, isn't like relying on the star player, the whole team like freaking wins. Absolutely. So I love that. And then the other thing I, I talk about to my clients who are entrepreneurs and, and some of them are in more early stage entrepreneurship and there are lots of ups and downs and you can, but, but, but in addition to that, there is this concept that entrepreneurs always have this growth mindset. So they're always looking at the next mountain to climb at the next hurdle to jump. And they're like, even if they just want a big deal, they've signed a big client, whatever it is, they're like, yeah, yeah. And they're looking at the next problem that has to be slain. And so often it gets you into a negative headspace. Like I can't get ahead. I'm so overwhelmed. Also like, where did my life go kind of stuff? And so I'm, I'm constantly reminding people like, how are you winning? Tell me how you're winning today, right? Yeah. Like force yourself to look at your day, look at your moment, look at your morning how are you winning? And, you know, I've been there too. I'm like, I am not effing winning right now. This is not, this is not the day where I'm winning. Yeah. But if, if I step back and I go, okay, wait a second that I'm, I'm in the minutia. I'm in my narrow thinking. How do I step back into a wider lens on the situation And I'm like, I have the freaking great life, right? I've got my great health. I got my amazing house. I've got my amazing clients, my amazing business, my amazing man, right? Like like life is really freaking good. Let's let's see that and get into the energy of that because that's actually gonna help you see the opportunities and like you said, the plays that can be made. So I love that.
0: So I want to lean in on something that you were talking about with that when I said about finding ways to win. I think that one of the beauties of what you are just acknowledging and, and what I probably should have said earlier is that it's not a... A purely selfish, I'm going to find a way to win for myself. And I think in the big picture, if you are the founder of a company, of course, you're going to be in the big picture. You want to win for yourself, for the business. But I think truly that intention that you bring forward to the people that you're working with, even with your clients, it's a much different, I want to call it energy when you bring forth a, we're saying earlier, like a bigger purpose in, as you're saying, you know, you're finding ways to win collectively, you know, again, going back to the athlete analogy, you win and lose as a team. And so it really takes that focus. And also going back to what you were saying earlier about the competitive nature that sometimes we find ourselves in definitely often happens with women, the comparisons. I think that if we are actually able to keep ourselves in check. It's not so much competing with other people. When you are working to fuel your optimal performance on a daily basis to grow, to evolve, you're actually almost competing with yourself to be a better version of yourself every day. Yeah. Um, how do you better your best, right? Exactly. And I will pause and say what we're talking about isn't a natural human state. You were saying like, we have good days, we have bad days. There's t- days when I'm like, I, if I take one more lump, if I take one more loss and, and that's all natural. So that's again, why practice is really important and patience yeah. with ourselves and that dedication that I'm going to screw up today or today is going to be awful. And tomorrow I will make tomorrow better somehow, some way. And so again, I think those are all just Kind of, there's a lot of connectivity and all of those things that we said throughout our discussion thus far. So I just wanted to point it out to people that if what we're talking about sounds like, oh yeah, it's idealistic and sure, that sounds really nice. uh, You know, again, it it's it's comes with practice and you know, even though we're doing it every day with people, (laughs) we still have to work on it on ourselves.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, I'm constantly looking at myself, I have a growth mindset. I am probably my toughest, uh, grader, right? Like, but I also have learned that in order to have an amazing life, because that's really why we're in it like yeah we want to we want the the maybe you you want to make the money maybe you want the that you just want the next goal like you're goal driven right maybe you want the status but you want that cuz you want to feel happy you want to feel good right like after a certain level right like where you're not starving you had a little blip there with the covid stuff but if if you're not struggling like it becomes about like I want to be a better version of myself and I want to make a bigger impact. I want to have a better life, more exquisite life, happier life.
0: Yeah, But I want to
1: go back to, to something you said, because it's really important. Two things. One I want to talk about women and comparison, but first I want to talk about working on the creative plane versus working on the competitive plane. So some of my podcast listeners may have, Heard me say, work on the creative plane, not the competitive plane. And you might be confused by me talking about Shauna's, comp, you know, competitive edge because as an athlete, you need to have a competitive edge. And the the competitive plane, I think there's a difference here between sports and some sometimes how people run in business. Like in business, oftentimes the the, the it's like kill the competition, anything goes, cutthroat. Um, and, and you start losing your soul a little bit and you don't feel good. And, and you spend a ton of energy, mental energy, like on that versus that energy being put to creation and creating amazing opportunities, amazing business prop containers, uh, things you sell, right. Um, all of that. So I think this idea of competition is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And and it's really a choice every day. Where do you, like, what center do you want to come from? I think of it a lot of times it's just a moral compass. Do you want to be actually cutting people's legs out from under them to get ahead? And does that actually make you feel good as a human? And can you look at yourself in the mirror and say, damn, I'm proud of myself? And I'd be hard-pressed to find someone that's actually, that's actually a fulfilling way of life. Yes, here's the thing. People do that for a reason. They do those things for a reason because it works for them to some degree. They are benefiting. You got to ask yourself, what, how do you want to benefit and how do you want to feel about yourself? You know, the other side of it is... No, actually, I'm going to make a choice every day. And sometimes those are hard decisions where you're going to put somebody else first. You may, as an owner, uh, as a, a owner of the company, decide that you're not going to take pay for a while because you're going to pay your staff or you're not going to cut people. You're going to, I actually know this guy that I've been an advisor's company for a long time. And instead of cutting people, he literally like put it on a credit card to pay them. That's what he chose was most important to him. And so again, those are like, that's following a, a compass for your, that's your guide for how you're going to yeah. operate as a business person. And I think it's important.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And everyone will have their own moral guide and, exactly. and they will know what, what's right for them, but like, what's find that for yourself and mm-hmm. you don't have to do it in a way you don't like doing it. Right. Okay, let's talk about women in competition. My experience is that there was growing up, you know, lots of mean girls, right? <laughs> the words <laughs> out of my mouth. That was right, hilarious. and and that just captures it all, right? And one of the things that I'm I'm really super proud of in the the business and the community that we've built with the Unstoppable Woman is is this idea that it's not um hierarchical it's not better than it's like come with your vulnerability and come with your wisdom like I see you as intelligent and smart and a co- contributor and you also have some vulnerabilities and if if you can come with both you're seen as a whole human and there is like a, there's a elimination of shame that happens mm. and that lowers it like Raises your exhale, raises that hmm. ability to relax in this world, and because you don't feel like you have to be um, on all the time, and uh, you don't feel like you're going to be threatened by the the mean girls, and and that is so. I'm super proud of of, of creating that. Yeah. But and and I find that women often join our community because. They don't have other really super smart driven achiever women, right? Mm-hmm. These are the achievers, the doers that are not in the drama, right? Yeah. And they're entrepreneurial, you know, whether entrepreneurs in business or entrepreneurs. And so I guess my question to you, that was a long lead up, but I guess my my question to you is, do you find it lonely out there? You've been part of team sports, so you might have a different experience of this but i know a lot of women feel like they can't find their tribe and that they have to keep this like mask on and this mm-hmm. like almost like this warrior stance on yeah. in their day to day
0: i'm so glad you brought it up because authenticity is something that i talk a lot about and being who you are standing in your strength I think again is a choice it is a choice whether it you're going to take that proactive stance of I am who I am I'm going to use the the, all of my qualities I'm going to continue to grow and learn or am I going to choose to actually react to someone else and choose to look at that as competition or, or that that person is better than me or not, or, or the point of like, uh, you know, the mean girl type thing. Am I going to choose to actually give that my energy? Am I going to let them rent space in my head for free? No, I have a no drama policy. That means that the people I have in the circle that I have created again, actively chosen to have certain people in my tribe as you called it and it's because those people it's no drama it's that same driven mindset that pursuit of optimal performance that bigger picture where there's a pay it forward there's a do good for each other and but again, like that's, that has come over time for me that I decided those type of people. And that also includes sometimes exiting certain connections or staying away from other people because I don't have time. I don't want to put my time and energy there. So, you know, and, and when you asked about, it's an interesting thing that you asked about the sports and my backgrounds, because I did come up in environments where I was one of very few women. Traditionally, prof- professional sports, I worked in the NBA family, are traditionally male dominated. To this day, it's still a large percentage is men there's much more uh presence of females but the first time i actually went and worked somewhere after sports where it was a whole bunch of women i was like whoa this energy is totally different so i had to actively understand and and adapt and you know again so i think it's over time um really being able to feel more comfortable in that in that environment in the circle and choose how i'm going to operate on a daily basis
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's so important to know that even if you have a no drama policy, even if you want to like lift everyone up, not be in competition, not cut anyone down, there are people out there who drain your energy. And yes, you you have the right to choose who you get to be with. Like you, it it is actually up to you to make that decision. Right. Yeah, and you said a minute ago about like.
0: None of us are perfect. So I'm not sitting here. And I know you're not sitting here as well, like, oh, I'm perfect at this and everything. There's times I have to keep myself in check where I'm like, oh, I can sense myself feeling a tinge of jealousy or whatever that is. And then, but there's there's an element when you're really authentic and you lean into your authenticity where you have to ask yourself. Like, what the hell am I doing? And is this actually productive or not? And do I want to continue to do this or not? But we can't, I don't think that we can truly be looking to evolve and seek our optimal performance if we're not keeping ourselves in check, if we're not honest about ourselves. And this is the kind of exclamation on that. It's being honest about it. And then it all depends on like, what are you going to do? Are you yeah. going to continue that behavior, which actually only facilitates you being in your own way? or are you going to get the hell out of your own way? Get your act together and move forward, you know? But again, it's like hey, we we all have to
1: practice it every day. 100% and that's personal responsibility right there yes. So uh, Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Okay, so let's shift gears to marketing. So you're that's your that's your lane, which I love. So, can you talk a little bit about how you approach looking at marketing. When you start working with a a client or you're evaluating a client, what what are the first few things that you start looking at to sort of assess what needs to happen? Yeah. I think my first
0: question is understanding the business impact they're trying to make. So I'm going to come in and ask like, what are we trying to do here? What's the big picture? What's the strategic vision? Where are our revenue goals? What's driving revenue? I think a lot of times people come into the marketing, they think about marketing and they think about, Ooh, cool social media content or comments and followings. And And I'm more like on a, almost a tactical, what's the sexy on the surface. But again, it's like, wait a second, we we have to understand the why of what we're doing and how the entire ecosystem, the business fits together before we can actually make decisions about what we're going to do in marketing. So again, I think from what we were saying earlier about the list that we, the list that we all maintain and the tactical things those things, especially as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, if you don't have a large staff, those can take up so much of your time and you can literally get doing all the doing and even lose sight of that ourselves. So again, keeping that my my first thing that I look at is, foundationally, what is, what's the heartbeat of this business from a revenue standpoint? What's the overall goals? What are we trying to get to? And then I can start looking at the assessing what's going on, what's working, everything from the staff to who's on the board. Does that complement the entrepreneur? Does that, you know, to the actual marketing channels, what, like, What's your overall branding, messaging? How is it showing up in different ways and different channels? But all of those things have to ladder up to it's serving the greater business goals.
1: Okay, fantastic. I love that. It mm-hmm. made me uh, think about the kind of marketing work that we're doing right now. We're doing a massive, well, I shouldn't say massive, it's probably like a 5% pivot, but it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a it feels tectonic. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I have uh, a, a couple of, women that I'm working with that are uh, very intimately on this. And there's me, you know, visionary leader, you know, entrepreneur and, and and one woman just nailed it. And she said, you know, the three of us work so well together because I need what you're saying, Shauna, I need the strategy, the outcomes, what are we going for? What like, I need to land that plane, like get that all dialed in before we can do the, 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 the content of that, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sort of like, okay, vision, and this is what I think we need to do, and I'm like, like a racehorse, like let's just go, right? Yeah. And then yeah. another woman on my team, she's like, she doesn't get in the weeds, but she's more like she can Implement map her. out the, yeah. the the details of it, mm-hmm. and she's coming at it from the perspective of, okay, well, what about this, and have you thought about this, and have you thought, and and the three of us together work yeah. so well together. So I think it's, I think what you're talking about, like having that strategy piece was something that was really missing mm-hmm. for me, even though I thought I had the vision, I had the race version of the vision. I did not have the like methodical this, then this, then this kind of like impact vision. So super important there. When you, after you do that kind of big picture what what are we going for what's the the, the impact if you will mm-hmm. that we're looking to have how do you then go about figuring out the the right marketing for your clients and are your clients mostly in the the sports industry what, what talk to us about your clients where are your clients mostly
0: from being in the sports arena i really know how to connect with and influence a I call it like a passion point audience I call it passion point marketing so it it could be a brand um or an agency that is in sports entertainment but it doesn't have to be it it you know again I mentioned that I worked with Lego well Lego is a passion point brand, it is a they do passion point marketing, their audience is has a been a rabid love for the brand. And so, you know, I I work across the spectrum, I think where I don't touch simply because out of like, I, I don't have that background is highly regulated. So, you know, whether it was the a lot of times like the auto industry, or, Finance. alcohol, or oh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Finance, banking, that kind of thing. I think for, you know, again, like how I go about it is actually talking about the passion point audience is really important because we need to understand who are we actually talking to? Because again, you you can't be everything to everyone. So it's really understanding the insights about what makes the audience tick. What are they doing on a daily basis? A lot of times I'll build out different personas so that we're really clear about who we're trying to talk to, what are we trying to motivate them to do? And again, it's not about, oh, I want to sell them all the time. There is a, you know, I really have to think about how are we inviting them in? How are we educating? How are we exciting? And hopefully, <laughs> you know, impact positively impacting that consideration to Purchase to engage in whatever that experience is. So um, I think again, that's how I look at it. First, it's very insights-driven. Um, and, and sometimes we I can have the benefit if the if the company I'm working with has different research tools and things like that. And again, that's where you can get like the data really helps. At the same yeah. time, if you don't have that, there are other ways to say, like, okay, how can I really think about intuitively? How do we do some audience questionnaires, some surveys, things like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm very collaborative in the way that I work with people. It's not an experience where we meet one day, we do a download, and then I come back in three weeks with a final finished product. It is very discovery. Let's talk to the different stakeholders within the organization, understand everybody then feels a bigger, invested in the project and wanting it to be, you know, rather than so many times if someone brings in an outside person, they're going to do something. Well, they're like, well, they didn't even speak to me. How do they think they know about my brand or my agency? Right, right. So again, I think all of those become really important um, in, in the way I work with people.
1: Hey, Amira here. Want to know more about what keeps uber successful women from achieving everything they want in life? Find out more at theunstoppablewoman.com. Now let's get back to the episode. So the the companies that you work with are fairly large size companies. We're not talking about solo entrepreneurs or smaller companies that you work with. So how would you translate this kind of process to a company without, you know, that doesn't have multiple departments with different stakeholders and and all of that? I mean, some companies you know, even a 10 person company has stakeholders in it, but, but you get my drift a little bit. Totally.
0: No, I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because I did mention some very big companies, obviously, but I also work with, I'm an advisor for two different startups in this, um, in the tech space. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a client right now, which is an agency, which is a very small agency that's actually a collective. So there's a founder and then they have other people that they contract with. So I actually do work with smaller organizations. And I think at the end of the day, I like to say many of us suffer similarly. So the problems that you get in big companies, you're getting a lot of those same company, the challenges in the smaller companies. And you know, I think the beauty of the experience that I bring to the table is, there's a lot of things I've seen and I've experienced myself that I can actually help smaller organizations say like, hey, I've seen this, let's not do this let's do this instead. And it really comes down to retrofitting to what is the environment um, that I am actually consulting in or coaching in. So at the end of the day, it's all business and we're trying to drive business impact. So, you know,
1: whether it's a big company or
0: a small company, a lot of the stuff applies.
1: I love what you said a little while ago that it's about inviting, educating, and exciting the, the potential customer. So how do you do that? One of your, your superpowers is storytelling. So how do you, how do you go about telling a good story? Like, so that it's inviting, educating, and exciting? I, I'm fascinated by this concept of storytelling. So, so Talk to me about like, it was, was that like a natural gift on your part? Or did you like teach yourself how to tell a good story for your clients? I think it's changed
0: so much. It's evolved so much over time. Some of that is with the, you know, explosion of social media and digital and, uh, and I've had to even get more comfortable in finding my own voice. And so going through it myself as a person and as a, brand that I now have with my company. Again, when I'm giving people guidance, it comes from a place of experience. I've done it for for myself. I've also done it at this in a seat where I am leading that for an agency that I'm working for or a brand that I'm working for. So, you know, you asked sort of what's the process or how do you do that? I think, again, it goes back to what am I actually trying to communicate to them? There's some clarity around that. Where am I trying to move them with this touch point, with this piece of communication I'm going to have, with this story that I'm telling? And we have to be clear, are we trying to use this to educate? Are we trying to use this them to invite them in? Are we
1: trying to use this to shift their behavior? And Is there and, an order that you need to go in? Do you need to educate first and then? Invite, then shift or, you know, yeah, I think,
0: I think there's an element right out of the gate that is educating. It's, it's educating them about whatever it is that you want to do, but there has to be a foundational element. They have to know that you exist and then form a perception and a sentiment around you before they're going to even consider liking and signing up and all of these things so there's this combination i think first is educating and especially if you're a new company or a new person using your voice there has to be a lot of educating and i will say without expectation because it takes a lot longer in this era that we're in with so much content, with so much communication out there, it takes a lot. We have to stay dedicated. So it's kind of, if you want, if you're a company, you're trying to sell something, it is educate, 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 soft sell, (laughs) educate, Mm -hmm. educate, educate, soft sell, you know? And when you mix that, when you, when you invert that it can be a real turnoff to people and people make decisions very quickly. Like you don't have, there's not a lot of room forgiveness a lot of times with consumers these days. Yeah. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, people hate being sold too. So I think being really clear about what it is that you're trying to do, where, where you're trying to move them. hmm think education and patience. So without expectation that they're going to, you know, after one post, all of a sudden buy something. Totally. Um, and then through that education, you're inviting them into the kind of funnel more. And then you can start to play with what sales messaging, you know, will, will resonate with this audience and how um, how heavy handed do I want to be with it?
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing from you is, Instead of thinking, you said, educate, 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 soft sell, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of it being like, buy my widget, which, you know, (laughs) sometimes you have to be direct. Yes. But that it's more like an invitation. I'm linking that to when you said invite, right? Right. And part of that education, you truly have to, I think for, to be truly successful at it, you have to believe it yourself, that
0: whatever you're doing, whatever yeah. you're putting out into the world, whether it's a story, what uh, a, a line that you're sending just to like, you know, have a good day type thing, or you actually are trying to sell them by this thing. The thread that I think is so critical is you truly believe that it's adding value to their life, to their, yeah. whatever it is that they would be touching it for consuming it for, or buying it for Otherwise it's just like more junk, more noise, more. So so that I think is one of the biggest things that we have to remember in storytelling that we want to be conveyed through that storytelling is how is this actually going to add value to the reader?
1: Yeah. Okay. I got a personal marketing question for you. Okay. Okay. It just came up when you said that. Okay. No more noise. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I was like, I wrote a newsletter uh, you know, we send out a podcast email once a week and, uh, and then we send out something that I write once a right. week and I, over the weekend, I wrote this, this newsletter and I sent it to my team to, you know, give it the once over, catch the typos, tell me that made no sense, whatever. Right. Like they're <laughs> exactly. like, that's segue that did not work. And what do you mean? It totally worked in my head. But I asked if you guys love these newsletters, like we're, we're going through this whole sort of, like I said, phoenix rising this whole uh shift and so i'm questioning everything that we're doing like i'm I'm, I'm evaluating everything that we're doing so i asked my team i said if you weren't my team reading this but you know someone on our newsletter list getting this email would you read it is this something that you would skip over read and i think it's an interesting question because the answer that I got back, and I'm not sure that we're going to do this, but I'm going to ask you the question on it. Okay, yeah. my, my one person on my team said, you know, I'm not saying to do this, but this 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 great piece of writing, super helpful, really, it's very content heavy. But I don't think people think people are overwhelmed by email, and they want short and sweet. And emails work if you're selling a product and there's a sale, you know, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily work for this like it's intimate, it's heartfelt. You're telling a real story and there's lessons in it that people can pull. What about moving this to Substack? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Okay. And you know, there would be a whole different thing, right? Yeah. Social to Substack and Mm -hmm. there's subscription there too, but it's, people are going there to read the story versus an email, they're like trying to get through their email and clear their their inbox. So thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It kind of goes back to what I said a minute
0: ago about what message are you trying to convey and being clear on that. And that's not just clear on that when you're doing the doing of creating the email and doing the writing. That is when you promote your email saying, this is what you're going to get in my email, sign up for my email. Then people know. And then the people who are receiving it, if it's it's, sign up for my emails, you're going to get these authentic stories that I'm telling you X, Y, Z, then people who want that are going to be the people who sign up for it. (laughs) Yeah, You know, if you tell them, hey, it's a mixture of these things, it's some of this, it might be special offers from the guests that are on my show, then again, they know. And so it, it's really just about managing the expect, setting the expectations of your audience, and then managing to that. And so, you know, I think that Again, the people who sign up for it are like, oh, actually, you know what? I, this is a gem in my inbox. I'm going to save mm. this one or I'm going to read it. Or the the other thing is because there's so much content these days and people do subscribe to so many things, I think what happens is people read it more than we know. People see it more than we know. They just don't necessarily like comment or engage, or tell you. So I, I say that because I too have a monthly email and the one that i sent out most recently shared a story from the recent um leadership development workshop that i led and i cannot i must have received like 15 to 20 emails back commenting on it telling me i like this or asking me a question it was I, Again, those people are are receiving my emails in the other months. It was just that month I wrote something that really was compelling to them. So we just have to learn and what the audience is going to react yeah. to. And sometimes you're going to strike gold, and it doesn't happen all the time though. Again, <laughs> like that was a win, but I don't expect. Again, I'm going to manage my own ex- expectations. I don't yeah. expect that my October email is going to have that same reaction. It, yeah. it may. I just encourage everyone keep going keep yeah. stay committed to putting the content out there just because you're not seeing and hearing comments or engagement it doesn't mean that it's not being received just really think through that lens of does it add
1: value to my audience or not and you said like expectations on how long it takes for the marketing to work what is the the time horizon that people should expect when they start a new marketing campaign or 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 process some of that does depend on the budget that you have,
0: but if you have i mean if you can throw all the money at it, then you're just gonna get more eyeballs on it. And if you're really strategic about the insights of who you're reaching and how you're reaching them, then you know you can actually you can make that happen so much more quickly. There's just a lot of factors in that. it it's is it a product that there's a product that I, uh, one of the, that I consult for this company, it's um, O3 Waterworks, it's called, and it uses ozone in like in your, instead of using cleaning agents in your house or in your laundry. Anyway, that is a brand that is so new to market. And actually people have fears about ozone. They're like, well, wait. And, and so again, like that is going to take a lot longer and a lot like more. Like maybe
1: edgy. they should cha- change the name of their business <laughs>
0: you're
1: like eh. okay but i get the point of
0: educating people that actually you can use it to it, you know for get good it. things and it turns it but again like that's a really good example of something that has is new to market You know, And there's a barrier to understanding. Exactly. So I think, you know, those are factors that we have to take into consideration. Are there a lot of people saying the same thing that you are? Are you trying to launch something in like a sea of others? Then again, it Mm -hmm. comes down to, are you really differentiating? How are you going about it? And... It just takes a while. Like you're not going to get off the ground in three months and start selling frenetically. or yeah. like with my podcast, I remember this wonderful woman I asked for guidance in the very beginning, and she was like, you you your goal is to stay consistent. I have had my show now for over two years. I just launched, I think, my one hundred yeah. and twenty second episode. and you know, I mean, now I think that people do know about it and people do watch for it. And I get people telling me, oh, you know, I heard this or that or watched this one. And I'm always surprised though that it actually, you know, people pay attention to it. But again, it takes time and just when you think you're starting to break through there's so much more work to be done or to your point you're looking at your company and you're saying how do i optimize this and okay. so you're going to continue to you want to evolve it you want it to be the best that it can be it goes back to everything we've talked about here today so when you take that mindset to it it you know you're always going to want to be seeking to grow it but again like just just know that it's, there's a lot of factors in the very beginning if you're not Putting money into it, or time, or energy, then you're not going to see the return. Yeah,
1: it's not going to grow for sure. And
0: yes, and you really need to find value in and being able to articulate the value in all the other metrics of, um, you know that that come with growth rather than just revenue out of the gate.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm just going to share a little funny story and then I'm going to ask my my final questions to you. So I do events. And before the, the last event that we did, I got a spray tan because, you know, I'm like, I'm wearing a short skirt. I want to, I want the legs to look a little less pasty white kind of thing. And, uh, um, the woman who came to the hotel suite to do the spray tan, cause it was a mobile spray tan, uh, service. She was like, I was, I was telling my sister that I'm coming on. I'm going to do you. And she, I was like, how As do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's because there's billions of people in this world. Right. Exactly. And I think I'm, you know, I'll flip my hair back and things that think I'm all that and more, but really who am I? Right. And <laughs> she had been listening to the podcast and she was fangirling. And I was like, Oh, that's so great because you know, we've been doing it since I think 2020. So, you know, and I think we, we you, we were doing three episodes a week at one point. So
0: we wow. have, I think,
1: I think we're like over 400 episodes at this point, but we're not doing Incredible. that anymore. Don't flip out everyone. It's just <laughs> once a week madam we've, we've ratcheted it back, but yeah, I, you know, you have to, you have to stick with it and, yeah. and then you'll get these little yummy like yeah. exciting, like, Oh, that's cool. I love that. And you're like, okay. Oh, it's actually making the impact that I want it to. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. So if you're listening and you want to send me a, uh, you know, comment or, or let me know you're listening. I love that. Okay. Before I ask my final questions, cause I do have final questions for you. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you? Like, is it social media? Is it your website? Yeah. If they want to uh, seek you out, how do they find you? pretty pretty
0: simple um everything is under the SLG impact umbrella so on LinkedIn, um, I also post, I'm Shauna Griffiths. I post on my own um, channel on LinkedIn as well, uh, but Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, my website. So it's all slgimpact.com. It's at SLG Impact on all those various channels. My podcast, which is one of the things that I do uh, post is the content, which I can't wait till you're on my show very soon, is this with Shauna Griffiths. So all very easy to remember either my name or (laughs) SLG impact. So, and like I said, I do have a, uh, once a month email newsletter that I put out called the real deal. You'll get a lot of authentic
1: (laughs) takeaways in anything that you, you follow me on. If what she's saying, her perspective, her authenticity land with you, please, please go, go find her on social or on her website or on her podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. So How would you define an unstoppable woman? Really comes down
0: to mindset. Mm -hmm. It is, as we said in the beginning of this show, what are we doing? What is the mindset we have to find ways to win every day, to keep making plays, to create the life and the existence that we want to, to really continue to evolve and fuel our optimal performance.
1: So good. So good. (laughs) Okay. Final question. What do you love most about yourself? I think my commitment to authenticity and just
0: relentless pursuit of optimal performance for myself and for others. Yeah, I I just feel so passionate about it. And it really is my own North Star. And it's what drives me on a daily basis, the combination of those things.
1: So thank you so much, Shauna, for joining us. Everyone, thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Woman podcast. So good to have you here as loyal listeners, subscribers. Uh, I'm Amira Alvarez. I am, as you know, the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman. And please check us out on social under The Unstoppable Woman or under my name, Amira Alvarez, or seek us out on our website where we have lots of information about all the things that we are doing, including upcoming events. So that website is the unstoppable Okay. That's a wrap today. Have a great, great, great day and make your life exquisite. Most ambitious women I work with already have good lives, possibly even great, but there's often this one area that is fine as is, but not yet exquisite. And yet When we unlock that one area, they access a whole new level. I want to personally invite you to book a complimentary call with me and discover what that unlock could do for you. These calls are for women who have done at least a million or more in their business or executive career and are ready for an exquisite life inside and out. You can book our conversation at theunstoppablewoman.com slash connect.